Welcome to episode two of the So What series. This series is designed to launch our website at brendanflanagan.com. In it, we ask the penetrating biblical questions normally withheld from polite company. This week, we're asking, so what is repentance? Last week, we heard the gospel call. Peter announcing at Pentecost, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and receive the Holy Spirit. But admittedly, our modern Western culture lacks the concept of repentance. Certainly, we recognize guilt and understand the nuances of the flower and chocolate apology. We try to do good, ask for forgiveness, promise better behavior, and apologize. We've undertaken these things since our youth. But this penitent behavior only attempts to satisfy our guilty conscience. Biblical repentance stands apart from penance and our modern conceptions of guilt, shame, and regret. We will investigate both the Old and New Testament to grow in our conceptions of repentance and begin to understand the attributes' critical role in the Christian life. Thank you for joining us for episode two of the So What series. Today we're asking, what is repentance? This is Brendan Flanagan. The call for repentance began long before the voice of John the Baptist boomed across the Jordan River Valley. Since the beginning, repentance remained a necessary means for a relationship between fallen man and God. Ezekiel prophesies the Lord's desire for repentance and his promise of forgiveness, proclaiming this in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 21. If the wicked man turns from all his sins which he has committed and observes all my statutes and practices, justice and righteousness, he shall surely live, he shall not die. Through the voice of the prophets, God delivered his word and called Israel to turn from their sin. Throughout the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for repentance connotes a complete change of direction or retreat. God demands man to turn his back to sin and flee. But what shall men flee to? Isaiah spoke to the affirmative nature of repentance in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 22. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none other. God desires men to turn from their wickedness and sin, from their fleshly desires, and look upon him. This is the call for repentance, an enduring call. Since the fall of man, God has desired us to turn away from our sins and look to him. Yet the theme of repentance continues into the Old Testament. John the Baptist called the nation of Israel to repent. We see this in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We remember John the Baptist wearing camel hide, eating locusts and honey, as he preached from the Jordan River Valley, calling all the nation of Israel to repent and turn to God to wait for him to provide the adequate Savior. Jesus also preached the gospel of repentance. We see this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Even after Jesus' death and resurrection, at Pentecost, Peter, the apostle, condemned the Jews for the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and called his listeners to repent. And we read this in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We looked at this last week when we asked, what is the gospel? Repentance is a necessary element, an essential action to receive Jesus Christ. Repentance 
Greek word literally translated as metamorphosis. Repentance entails a complete change of comprehension or a metamorphosis of mind. This is not an intellectual decision, but a transformation of the heart. We may change our order at a restaurant. First we desire meat, then fish. Yet regardless of our decision, we still desire food. This is not biblical repentance. The gospel call of repentance declares a complete change of appetites. Men no longer desire sinful food, but long for spiritual sustenance. And God desires a complete transformation of our appetites. He doesn't wish for us to reach a decision, for us to accept Him. He wants our very heart, the seat of our desires, to be changed, to turn away from our sin, from our fleshly lust, and look to Him and depend upon Him to provide the solution. For a decision may last for a season, but will be dispersed upon the first spring rain. And we read this in the parable of the soils in Luke chapter 8, verses 5 through 6. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Without God's Holy Spirit convicting us, giving us root in the Word, our decision will be washed away. We may even fool ourselves for a year, for two years, maybe even a lifetime. But ultimately, we have no eternal root. We are not abiding in the Word of Christ, so we cannot live the life of Christ. We cannot affix the Word of Christ upon the rocky soil of our hearts. Only God transforms our heart by His power. We read this in 1 Corinthians 2.5. So that faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. He welds his power through his spirit and word. His word reveals our depravity and cries for us to repent. His spirit convicts us of our sin and fosters a repentant heart in us. We see this in John chapter 16 verse 8. And he, when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. The Holy Spirit is the great convictor of men. Repentance demands a contrite heart and broken spirit. And we see this in Psalm 51, 16 through 17. For you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. In the spirit of repentance, we realize our sin and ask, what shall I do to be saved? Then we looked at this last week, and it's found in Acts chapter 2, verse 37 through 38. And throughout the scripture, as men and women realize their sin, their separation from God, and desire a relationship with him and say, what shall I do to be saved? And we know the first thing is repent. Repentance is not penance. It's not to promise to do better, even though you still desire the bad. Repentance is turning away from the bad and looking to God, depending upon Him to change your heart, to change your desires from bad to good. So repentance truly begins a life of faith in God. In a repentant faith, God renews the believer's mind and transforms their heart for His glory. We please Him with recognition and abandonment of our sin, and He honors us with an eternal inheritance. And we see this renewing of our mind in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, as we read this. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. The will of God is perfect, and He desires our wills to be perfected in Him. 
and we receive an eternal inheritance. We receive a great gift from God as we bend our wheels to his plan and purpose. He now allows us to be called sons and daughters. We see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. And I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Surely in the light of our understanding of repentance... Christ's famous words from his Sermon on the Mount now ring true. Now we come to a fuller understanding of what he means when he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. A poor spirit of repentance evokes God's enrichment through Christ Jesus and an eternal inheritance in his kingdom. Shall we not look to God? Shall we not repent? And shall we not depend upon his power, not our own, to transform our hearts, to change our appetites for sin, success, all the lusts of the flesh, to change them to an appetite for the things of God, those that are very good, those that renew our minds and reveal that the light of God resides in us. Thank you for listening this week to the So What series. You can listen to this podcast and others like it on brendanflanagan.com. Until next time, may you take courage in Christ. Thank you.